0: Kenzie Presno and this is Kindle and Kerosene, a podcast where I share stories and strategies to inspire, encourage, and challenge you to ignite your life. Whether you need a spark to get started or fuel to keep going, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? How's your week going? I really, really hope that all is well and that you are rocking and rolling right on through your week this week. I hope that you're making positive changes in your mind, in your body. I really want to encourage you to make sure that you're being diligent in your efforts to work on you. It's so, so, so easy to get bogged down with life and all that needs to be done and just kind of begin to slowly put yourself on the back burner. It's so easy to fall into the trap of, you know, I'll take care of me when I have more time or I'll deal with it tomorrow or I'll do it tomorrow. Or of even thinking that you're not worth the effort that it takes to stay both mentally and physically fit. Sometimes it's almost easier just to push yourself and your health to the side and blame it on the fact that you're busy or your kids take up all your time or that work is crazy. And it can happen to anybody. I find it happening to myself a lot of times. You know, I'm having to make some extra time to work on some rehab things with my shoulder. And it's really easy for me to get into this trap of like, you know what, whatever, I'll deal with it later. This is more important or so-and-so needs that or whatever it is. So I just want you to remember that you are in charge of your time and your energy and you are worth the time and energy that it takes to take care of you. You've got to protect it. And sure, you know, you might be busy, but you might also be saying yes to too many things. That would be me most of the time, right? Don't let your priorities get out of whack. When you take great care of you, you become a better spouse, a better parent, a better friend, a better employee or employer, and just a kinder, more gentle human being overall. And speaking of kindness, I hope that you caught the last episode of Kindle and Kerosene. It was last week. And it was called Time Flies, but it was really just a great reminder to make the most of the short time that we do have on this earth. It's a reminder to smile and to serve and to choose joy and to make a difference regardless of what's happening in the world around you. I highly encourage you to go back and take a listen to that episode if you have a chance. It's really, really good. So off my soapbox of taking care of you and listening and being kind, but on to today's episode. But I told you guys a few weeks ago that my book for April is The Obstacle is the Way, and I actually finished it as an audiobook a few weeks ago, but I'm kind of like going back through the paperback version a little bit because it had so many great points in it. It was just like filled with golden nuggets from start to finish. Yes, like I'm weird. I like to listen and read books at the same time. Because I really think it just helps to reinforce the message when it's a book that I'm trying to learn something from. Fiction, I can listen all day, I'm good to go. But if I'm trying to really learn something, I do a really, like, it helps me a lot just to be able to read it and listen and read and listen. And I caught this quote on my walk that I told you about last week. I was three or so miles into the five miles with like my feet screaming, I told you I had a terrible blister and all this stuff, and I'm sure I was probably completely distracted But this quote just caught me, and it pretty much stopped me in my tracks. It says, persist and resist. Persist in your efforts. Resist giving into distraction, discouragement, and disorder. And he expands on it quite a a bit throughout the book, but I honestly just paused the book at that point and started thinking about these two words. Like persist and resist and persist and resist. When it comes to persist, he says, persist in your efforts. I kind of just started thinking about, like, what does that even mean? Like, what does it even mean to persist in your efforts? According to the dictionary, the definition of persist is continue firmly or obstinately in an opinion or a course of action in spite of difficulty, opposition, or failure. I'm going to read that again. Persist means... Continue firmly or obstinately in an opinion or a course of action in spite of difficulty, opposition, or failure. If you look up synonyms for persist, they include words like continue, endure, go on, linger, persevere, prevail, pursue, recur, remain, grind, last, and insist. If you look at that list, man, these are some really, really powerful words. But not only are they powerful as words, they are even more powerful when put into action. I want you to think about someone that you have seen just persist in their efforts. Right? Despite hardships and trials and disappointments and failures and obstacles and opinions, they just kept going. They kept working to achieve what they set out to achieve. And sure, maybe the end result looks a little different than they thought it might, but instead of giving up, these people adapted and changed and achieved greatness. In the book, "Win the Day, the author tells a story just, I mean, story after story after story, honestly, of people that just kept going. People that were persistent in their efforts, not like for a week or a month or a year, which I think sometimes we like do something for a month or heck, we do something for six months and we're like, man, I worked so hard. Like, We persist for a little while. But these people, these people that go on to achieve this great success, they were persistent until they were done, not until they got tired, not until things got hard, not until they didn't feel like it anymore. They persisted until they were done, until they accomplished what they set out to accomplish. They were creative and looked for new and different ways to get their idea heard or new ways to get the work done. Right, they didn't just go on their one path and be like, "Man, this is gonna be black and white. I'm not gonna deviate. I'm not gonna change. I'm just gonna do this, no matter what." And it's just gonna do. It. This is how it's gonna be. No, you can't go through life that way. We got to be creative and flexible. We've got to look for different ways to get the same thing accomplished. So many stories in that book stuck with me as well, but I really, really loved this one. And I'm gonna paraphrase a lot, but it's the elevator story, which Mark Batterson in the Wind of the Day book he tells this story in his chapter titled Cut the Rope. It was back in 1853, and America hosted its first World's Fair in New York City. So you can imagine this, is, this place is big. Like, they've got all of these great people. The organizers built a beautiful display. And they just came and showcased all of the latest and greatest inventions. And this wasn't a time of, obviously, YouTube or social media or the internet or Google where you could see, like, all of these great things happening in all of these different industries. Like this was all of these great inventions coming to one place and you had to physically go. So this is a big deal. So during this event, a man named Elisha Otis, he pulled off just this incredible act of persistence and honestly creativity and just like the wow factor. So at the time, back in the 1850s, there were no skyscrapers like not what we see today only a few buildings in New York City were taller than five stories because no one wanted to climb the stairs. Right, top floor real estate was virtually impossible to sell. Okay? So, Mr. Otis, he was the inventor of the safety elevator brake. However, he was struggling to get his idea heard and his invention to market. So, I can imagine, you know, this guy is probably not picking up his cell phone and calling, you know, everybody on the street. i like, hey, can I come present this to you? Or hopping on a video presentation or sending his PowerPoint. No, he's probably walking his butt door to door trying to get people to listen. Nobody's listening. He can't get his idea heard. He can't get enough buy behind his idea to bring it to market. So this guy, Elisha Otis, he decided to do something big. In the middle of the world's fair right? All of these people, all of these displays, this man stood on top of an elevator platform that was held up with a rope standing there. And the platform was high, right? He wasn't just like a couple inches off the ground. Like if he fell, he was going to be in trouble. He was going to be in real trouble. But he wanted everyone to see him. He wanted everyone to see what could happen with his invention. So he got everyone's attention and he instructed an ax man to cut the rope. Right? So here he is on this elevator platform and he's held up by a rope and he's got everybody's attention. Everybody's looking at him and the ax man cuts the rope. Well, of course, the elevator fell, but just for a few feet. He used his brake. Obviously, thankfully, it worked. And as the crowd gasped, and again, I can only imagine like, All of these people, you know they're dressed up. You know they're excited to see these inventions. You know they're probably some of the more um, wealthy or prominent people, these business people in New York City. And this place is just packed. So the crowd gasped, and he announced that all was safe. Right? His break worked. Here is my invention. Watch it work. Well, the rest is just history. He installed his first elevator in a building on Broadway in 1854, By 1890, there were 10 buildings taller than 10 stories in New York City. Which, thinking back, you're like, 10 buildings? Like, every building in New York is taller than 10 stories, I feel like. By 1900, there were 65 buildings that were taller than 20 stories. And by 1908, right, just a little over 50 years after this World Fair, there were 538 buildings in New York City that qualified as skyscrapers. All because this guy decided to persist in his efforts. He didn't stop when people didn't listen. He didn't stop when he knocked on a door and they just said, yeah, no, we're not interested. It's Never going to work. I can imagine he only failed a million times. This guy, he didn't give up. He just kept going. He got creative. He didn't stop when people didn't listen. He just kept going. Gosh, I just can't even imagine like what it's like to think that far outside the box. Right? I think sometimes we think we think a little outside the box. But this guy like really went to a whole nother level. And again, like who knows how many pitches this guy gave? I'm sure it was thousands. Who knows how many failed breaks he went through to finally create the one that worked? And again, I'm sure it was a lot. But he didn't quit. He just kept going. And I can only imagine that he faced an incredible amount of doubt and criticism and failure, but he just didn't let it stop him. And I think most of us don't accomplish our dreams because we quit too early. It's not because we don't have the talent or the resources or that we don't wanna do it. We just quit too early. We work and we work and we work, and maybe we overcome some obstacles and get a little bit creative, but then we get tired. We get tired. Things are moving as fast as, like, they're not moving as fast as we want them to move, right? We want to go from zero to finished in three weeks and two days. So when things don't move as fast as we want them to, we get frustrated. Sometimes we're having to work a little harder than we originally planned. People plant seeds of doubt, and then we start to question our ability to even do what we say we wanted to do in the first place. And it attacks our belief, and our belief just starts to fade, We're tired. So we just stop. And I don't think it always happens that fast. I think it's more of a gradual process. Like This is not an overnight thing. Like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. Quit. No, it's a gradual process. What happens is we were on fire for our purpose. Or I guess you could say motivated, which you know how I feel about that word. But The beginning, we were on fire for this thing that we wanted to do. We were putting hours into our work and we're intentionally doing like what we're supposed to do. We have this laser focus, right? This is at the beginning. We're excited. But then what we're doing daily becomes like four days a week. Like, "Eh, you know what? I don't really need to do it. We skip a day here or there. And it doesn't seem to be a big deal because enough time hasn't passed for us to see the effects of our decreased efforts. Here comes the slight edge, right? Beautiful principle of the slight edge right now. And so slowly that four days a week becomes two days a week. And then maybe we work on this, this passion, this thing that we were so excited about. Maybe we go from working on it every day to four days to two days to now maybe every few weeks until eventually we just don't do anything at all. And at that point we quit. And most of the time, I don't even think we know exactly where we went wrong. Like, we aren't sure what the actual quitting point was. All we can see is that we aren't where we thought we'd be. It's harder than we imagined. And we're tired of all the obstacles that we're constantly being forced to overcome. We don't feel like being creative anymore. We don't feel like working anymore. So poof, there it is. Done. All that work, all that time, all that effort, all that energy. We gave in to our human tendency and we stopped persisting in our efforts. If we want to do great things, guys, we must persist at all times and in all circumstances. So the second part of that quote was resist. Resist giving into to distraction, discouragement, and disorder. And I think honestly that resisting, at least for me, is almost harder than persisting. For me, it's easier just to keep going to like drudge along than it is to resist. But if we really look at it, these things just go hand in hand. Why? Because distraction, discouragement, and disorder will dampen your efforts to persist every time. They will cloud your mind and your work. I think about distraction and gosh, y'all, this one is coming at us from all directions all the time. I've talked about it so many times, but distractions are everywhere. And the toughest one is probably that little device that sits right next to you 24-7, your phone. The alerts, the messages, the notification, like some this draw that it has, like check me, check me, check me. I don't know what it is, but it's like there, right? It's always competing for our precious attention. If you text me or call me much, you know that my phone is almost always on silent and it is almost always face down. It's actually sitting on my desk right now while I'm recording this on silent, face down. And yes, I'll check it and I'll always respond in a timely manner if it's work related. But I cannot handle the constant dinging and lighting up of my phone. It drives me crazy. And I guess that's probably like because I'm easily distracted. I'll be talking about something or working on something and I'll see it light up. Even if it doesn't have to ding, light up. I'm like, oh, what's that? Like, I'm, I'm pretty easily distracted. Like, right now, I'm sitting at the car dealership getting some work done on my car, and the lady next to me, she, like, literally has her phone, the volume on her phone turned all the way up, and she must be liking every photo on her Facebook feed, and she is refresh, refreshing it constantly. If you know the noise that that's creating, I'm sure you can imagine, like, my ADD self over here losing my train of thought constantly. Like, I'm trying to type this out just to get an outline of this podcast, and, like, ding, ding, da-ding, I'm like, oh my God, like funny story, story, but seriously, we have got to watch the flood of distractions that are competing for our attention. And I'm not just talking about work or getting things done. I'm talking about the things that pull us away from our mission, the things that take us away from the work that we know we need to do. We got to watch out for these things. And if you're like me and you know that you're easily distracted, you got to account for that. You need to arrange your day in your life so that the most important things get done, right? I probably should have never been typing this podcast at the car dealership, but I had two hours to waste. So I was like, well, I might as well try to get some done. And actually, I'm getting it done pretty good. So here we go. But again, like it's taking me so much longer because of this distraction that's happening all around me instead of if I was just sitting in the quiet knocking it out. So obviously, we all have stuff to work on. I seriously need to work on distraction. But we've got to make sure that we're scheduling out our days or our weeks so that you don't wake up and realize that you've gone three days without putting any meaningful work into your goal or your dream or your side hustle or yourself. Because like I said last week, time flies. And if you don't take control of it, if you don't manage it, it's gone. And all of a sudden, that thing that was so important to you, you've now gone three days and you haven't even thought about it because you're so busy with everything else. So we have to resist distraction. And next comes discouragement. And this one, this one will really, really steal your thunder and it will steal it fast. You'll be excited and determined. And then all of a sudden, one little blip comes along and you find yourself discouraged and disappointed. And all of a sudden, you'll start wondering if you're even doing the right thing or if the work that you're doing is even worth it. And you'll drift into that dangerous zone of, like why am I even doing this? Like why am I doing this? You'll start to look around and be like, no one else is doing this. Why am I working so hard? Right? Is there an easier way? Start asking yourself these dangerous questions of what's the point? So right now I'm 4 weeks into rehab on my shoulder and that feeling of discouragement is the thing that I think I'm fighting most. And sometimes it starts like with comparison. Sometimes it starts with not being patient and wondering why I'm not seeing improvement faster. And what happens so fast is this can turn into like this little pity party, which is a completely unproductive use of time and energy. Listen, guys, crap happens. It does. It's going to happen. It's not just going to happen once, right? Just because you dealt with a crappy situation yesterday or today doesn't mean you're done for the week. Like, oh, dealt with my crappy situation. I'm done. No, no. Resistant comes and discouragement comes. And when it does come, we must be real with our feelings and we have to understand what is happening like isn't necessarily good or bad. Like the situation in itself isn't necessarily good or bad. We are the ones that assign that power to it. We have the power to reframe how we see it and find the good in it. When I get discouraged, my go-to way to get out of it is to just write down wins. Sometimes I have to dig a little bit to find them, but there are always some wins if you just start to dig. I'll write down anything that will help me to see the bigger picture. Like anything that will help me to see that progress is actually being made. Anything to help me see the lessons that I'm learning along the way. And then what suddenly started as discouragement becomes a celebration of growth. So resist discouragement. And then finally disorder. I think I spoke to this a bit last week. We've got to resist disorder. We've got to put our foot down and not give in to the thought that everything around us is bad and that people are bad. We hear what the media wants us to hear, unfortunately. It's up to us to filter that information because if we don't, we're going to begin to feed into the disorder and into the chaos. Sure, there are people in this world that do evil things. There are. It happens every day. But for the most part... If you look around, people are good. They are. Humans as a whole are still good. There is an incredible amount of goodness and order still in the world. You just aren't going to see it on the news, ever. Instead, you'll see it at your dinner table. You'll see it in your neighborhood. You'll see it at church. You'll see it at the grocery store. You'll see it in a time of need or crisis. Despite what the news tells us, you can still find kindness and generosity in the willingness to help all around. And sure, I think we can all do better 100%. But if we want to do better, if we want to positively impact the world around us, we have got to resist disorder. We have to carefully filter what we read, what we watch, and what we listen to. We have to put ourselves into environments that encourage us and push us to grow. I feel like as humans, we crave order. We really, really do. So start with your own home, right? Start with your own home. Let's not get wrapped up in all the disorder that's out of our control. Let's focus on the places where we can bring order and goodness, where we have control. That starts with your house. That starts with the words that we use. That starts with the responses and the reactions that we have. It starts with how we listen and how we show we care. It starts with how we serve, right? Control what you can control and strive to create order in your day-to-day life, in your family, in your job, and in your marriage. And you'll be surprised at how much that translates to helping you resist the disorder of the things you can't control. So those two words, man, they, they caught me like big and I just can't get them out of my mind. Persist and resist. I hope that those become as powerful reminders for you as they have for me. Like I hope you remember them. I hope those go through your head over and over and over. Persist, resist, persist, resist. They're such an easy and great reminder to keep going when things get tough, to be creative in our efforts, to think outside the box, and to just keep stepping forward despite how small the steps feel. For me, they also remind me to turn away from those things that will steal my joy, that will halt my efforts and eventually cause me to become so angry and bitter at myself and the world around me that I just quit. It's not where we want to be. So I want you to think about what are you working on? How can you put these two words into practice in your own life? I just want to encourage you today to persist in your efforts. And resist giving in to distraction, discouragement, and disorder. You're an overcomer. I know it. I just need you to believe it. So let's get to work. Let's control what we can control and let go of what we can't. Let's let our actions speak louder than our words. I hope that you find yourself just encouraged today. I know that you are capable of great things. And I want you to know that I'm in your corner. I am. I am. I hope that you will always reach out to me if there's absolutely anything that you need. And as always, I appreciate your willingness to share this podcast. I appreciate you listening and subscribing and liking all of these things. The audience is growing and you are the ones that I have to thank for that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep sending these episodes to your friends or sharing them on social media. You guys are absolutely awesome. I hope that you have the best day. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find me on social media at FixedOnFitness. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Go have an awesome day.